and welcome to Ad Creeps, the podcast where we dissect and correct the TV ads that raised us, phased us, and amazed us. I'm Courtney, and I'm here with Al. Hi. And this is our penultimate episode. Yeah. Wow. Now, I do have to um, <laughs> let you know a little secret. What? I didn't know that word until you taught it to me during our other podcast. What? <laughs> and now I use it all the time. Penultimate. Yeah, it's so smart. It's not so smart. I know. I'm very smart. Yeah, this is our second last episode. Um, we are going on break for the winter season. We are back j- January 18th. For season two. We'll be back. We'll be back. Don't worry. We'll be back. And don't worry. Is that the Terminator? Yes. No. Maybe. Robocop? Robocop. Definitely RoboCop. <laughs> Y'all gonna miss us, aren't you? I'm smart in other ways, like knowing penultimate. <laughs> I'm not. Um, yeah, we'll be back on January 18th. But until then, you have, hey, friends, you have this episode and another one to put and in your ear holes. It's a banger. <laughs> yeah, we just recorded it. It is a banger. Now it's time. It's my turn. It's your turn. This is going to be a real... Mm, a real frightful experience. Oh no! Because we're looking through we're looking through the glass, in the mirror. Not in the mirror. We're looking through the window. We're seeing some things maybe we don't like. We'll see. My metaphors. Look, are we, we looking through a scanner darkly? Oh boy. <laughs> Keanu's there. Are you ready? I'm ready. Peggy Charon became an independent business owner in 1951, where she opened an arts and framing shop in Providence, Massachusetts. Not Providence, Rhode Island. I know. Don't worry. Not the gay one. (laughs) P-Town. One day I'll take you there. Yay. It's great. She had previously worked in the television business, becoming the head of the film department at WPIX-TV in New York City. Whippics. (laughs) Kid picks. Oh. (laughs) <laughs> kid pics. Yeah, I love kid pics. I picks. love kid pics. Boy, so many hours on the computer making little stamps. I love the pen that goes like... <laughs> <laughs> this is the episode where we just talk about kid pics. <laughs> Even though Charon uh, sought the independence of a, being a sole proprietor, she was pulled back into the world of television in 1968 when she began to get involved in the issue of children's television. <sighs> <laughs> Look, oh, the, no. I'm bringing you maybe into hell. No, I apologize. No. I'm sorry. Here we go. Hold my hand. Jump with me. Okay. <laughs> no way. <laughs> this was inspired when she was a stay-at-home parent while her children were still young. While at home, she was upset at the terrible quality of cartoons available at the time. Okay. Quote, all they were were wall-to-wall monster cartoons, Sharon said in an interview. Monster cartoon. That's what's made us, huh? Yep. After comparing outrages with other concerned mothers, Charon began meetings for informal discussion in her Newton, Massachusetts home. I like Newton, Massachusetts. Okay, what's it like? Well, just New England. Well, (laughs) leaves and shit, huh? Leaves and God, leaves and shit. Just a lot of donkeys. (laughs) (laughs) What started out as small meetings soon became ACT, Action for Children's Television. Quote, when I started to act, my youngest daughter was four and I was thinking about switching careers, said Charon. But I thought I'd take one year to fix up children's television and then go back to work. <laughs> okay, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> it's kind of messy. I'll just take like, I don't know, nine months. 
Oh, boy. Charred ended up fighting for more than 20 years (laughs) for better viewing choices for children. The group's main concerns included TV violence, lack of children program choices, and the over-commercialization of children's television. Yeah, like, because that's the whole point of children's television is to sell toys. (laughs) Well, it wasn't always that. Oh. I'm going to tell you about why it is like that currently. Axe's first target was a local TV production of Romper Room, a live-action children's show that resembled a rowdy kindergarten class. Like many franchise television series at the time, each local TV affiliate would have their own host and cast. So kind of like Bozo the Clown. Um, back then, I don't know, in the like 60s and 70s, there were a lot of those like local TV where you franchise a character, oh. but there's like 70 bozos now across America. <laughs> An army of bozos. <laughs> they rise up. The format of the show was that the host, usually a Miss Blank, Miss Sally was the most popular, mm. would lead the kids on various educational bits throughout the show. In the end, the host would bring out a, quote, magic mirror and stare through it and say, It's time for me to see the friends at home in the magic mirror. Romper bomper, stomper boo, tell me, tell me, tell me do. Magic mirror, tell me today, did all my friends have fun at play? And then the host would spy at the children watching the show at home and read out names. I don't. Why it, Why is this clown trying to dox your kids? I see Timmy and Billy and Bobby. When I read this, when mm. I was researching, a lightning bolt hit me. Because oh. I remember that happening to in a show that I used to watch. So I, I actually went to Twitter and Instagram saying, please help me. Did, uh, did they ever say yes. your name? Yes, they did. Oh. They did say my name. And it freaked. Now, not Romper Room. It was a Canadian show. Yeah. So I thought it was under the umbrella tree. Mm-hmm. But I have been confirmed with Canadian friends. They believe it's Polka Dot Door. Oh, Polka Dot Door. Yeah, I they used to love that show. Exact same thing. Pokeroo. Pokeroo. What was Pokeroo? Who knows? I, I think it was a Polka Dot Kangaroo. <laughs> oh, I thought it was like a dream. Who can say? Anyway, this is terrifying for me. A lady on screen looks through a mirror and says my name. I can see you. Are you kidding me? It's horrifying. Horrifying. What is this, 1984? (laughs) This weird Orwellian (laughs) motif was not what ACT was worried about. What they were not happy about was the fact that romper room hosts themselves would do ads during the commercial breaks, pitching local products to their mostly younger audience. This was actually not so common back then. Ah. And so this really stood out, romper room really stood out of, well, okay, this host is teaching your kids stuff, but then selling them bubble gum? Mm-hmm. That's kind of weird. It's a little weird. Yeah. Did it, Can I ask, did they yeah. just have a name, a list of like the most popular names? No, okay, I did look into this <laughs> okay. too. I had to cut it because who has time for this? You could write in oh. to your local affiliate uh, with Romper Room and like, if it's someone's birthday or something, they're like, can you write, say my kid's name? Okay. Because sh- she would say, the romper rooms would say, like, the full name sometimes. What? You can't. <laughs> Miss Sally started doxing kids. Miss Sally, it's not safe. You, <laughs> you know can't. what those times were like. Oh, my God. There were people waiting to abduct us around every corner. That's why, oh, my God, romper room was a hit list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Lord. Polka dot door just came for us. Oh, God. Axe's concern was that kids could not distinguish between their favorite TV program and an advertisement and would be manipulated by their favorite hosts. Act hired child psychologists and went to fight 
with the FCC. Sounds like a losing battle. Well, you'd be surprised. Okay. Yeah. Again, this is the 60s. Maybe maybe people are a little bit concerned about this. Maybe starting up in children's television. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, between then and now, it's gotten so much worse. Oh, and I'll tell you exactly why. Okay, great. Oh. Yeah. Hey. (laughs) We're doing it. One man. (laughs) The FCC did agree to limit the amount of ads during TV programming for children. Ah. They also mandated that cartoons specifically have bumpers to let kids know when commercials were starting and ending. (gasps) So that's like, we'll be right back. After the show. Yeah. That's why. Even though this new regulation sounded like a step in the right direction, these were largely unenforceable and were really (laughs) up to the programming standards of the individual broadcasters. Of course. So what ended up happening is ACT brought this stuff to to the FCC and the FCC is like, well, I don't know, because it's not a big problem yet. Like it's in a couple shows and, and programming like toys and candy and and food for kids wasn't a big thing back then in the 60s. It's just starting, Mm -hmm. just starting to ramp up. And so the broadcasters see that this is going to be a problem and they're like, we're going to make our own regulatory system and this is what we're going to (laughs) do. So they kind of just followed what the FCC did and the FCC kind of followed what they did. Yeah. But there was still some regulation and that's why we still have back to the show sometimes. That's awesome. ACT continued their battling, this time with the Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, to push for better regulation when it came to advertising children's chewable vitamins. Oh, those Flintstones. (laughs) Quote, when we started out, one third of the commercials on children's uh, television were for vitamin pills, said Charon. That's bonkers. Even though the bottle said, quote, keep out of reach of children because an overdose could put them in a coma. (gasps) Poison control. Mr. Yuck. Red string, (laughs) red string. (laughs) What if I, I, if I had enough time, I would put all of the episodes in one episode. I would love to see that. Oh, I could not. In December 1971, ACT officially filed a complaint with the FTC. Before a ruling could be made against them, the three manufacturers of children's vitamins pulled their ads all together. So they're like, hee hee hee, we'll get away with this. <laughs> the FTC was only formally able to set down an overall ban when ACT filed another suit four years later, this time over Spider-Man-themed vitamins. Because it's like, this kid, okay, when you're a kid, mm-hmm. you're like, vitamins make me strong like Superman. More vitamins make me even stronger? Yeah, oh my god. Also tastes like candy? You're trying to get that isotope X or whatever. Oh boy. I don't know, gummy ca- gummy vitamins. I just... Gummy vitamins now with radium. <laughs> They're a good idea, especially for people who have trouble swallowing pills. Yeah. Um, but like... You're just, you're aiming for a, a real electric pee there. <laughs> I remember my, my mom giving me, like, vitamins every morning. Yeah. That I, there was, like, a purple one and a white one. Yeah. Did you have Flintstone vitamins? No. Oh, yeah? Can I tell you an offshoot of Flintstone vitamins? Because I also wanted to write about Flintstone vitamins here. Please. Did not have time. So there was a controversy about Flintstone vitamins. Do you know what it was? No. They never had Betty. <laughs> okay. They had, they had the car. They had Dino. They had, like, the Great Kazoo. They never had Betty. They have Wilma? They had Wilma, not Betty. Weird hill to die on. 
And it wasn't. Do you want to know how Betty was introduced to Flintstone Vitamins? How? Rosie O'Donnell, when she played <sighs> Betty <laughs> in the great Flintstones movie, the great Flintstones movie, like said, we need Betty. And oh. she, she pushed it. Apparently, it was because Betty's waist was too thin that the they Betty's were breaking were breaking out. That's amazing. <laughs> Oh, oh my god so she's in there now unrealistic body goals are ruining children's <laughs> these superhero themed supplements were not however axe arch enemy that honorific goes to the collective evil sweetness of children's breakfast cereals <gasps> Breakfast cereal's marketing <laughs> power really began to develop in the 1950s when companies began to take advantage of new full-scale commercial broadcasting. This is also when cereal began to leave behind its medicinal and oddly non-masturbatory past <laughs> red string and leaned into what could really hook children, sugar. This trend seemed to begin when Jim Rex, a salesman from Philadelphia, saw his kids constantly adding sugar to their breakfast cereal. Rex saw the win and produced the first pre-sweetened cereal, Ranger Joe's Popped Wheat Honeys. Oh, <laughs> okay. Which had its own adorable bee mascot, Ranger Joe. He's very cute. When did you um pop your wheat honeys? <laughs> That's rude. I, I actually, actually, I think uh, popping honeys is like a construct, a social construct. Yeah, um, there's really no much, no there's such thing as a weed thing. honey um, <laughs> to quote unquote pop. <laughs> this product was scooped up by Nabisco in 1954 and Ranger Joe along with it. From this point forward, cereal companies were compelled to add more sugar to cereals to and to attach a friendly character to sell a product for them. And thank God for that. <laughs> I would I would be a very different person today. Oh boy. Act found its next white whale, sugared breakfast cereals and their mascot counterparts. They pushed that the television advertising of sugared products that posed, quote, the most serious of dental health risks on programs directed at audiences of children between 8 and 11 years old. They wanted these commercials completely banned. In addition, they pushed for a requirement that would force advertisers of other sugary foods aimed at children to balance their own ads with separate dental and nutritional messages. So, hey, you're going to sell Frosted Flakes? You also have to say, eat good. <laughs> That's why you have the part of a balanced breakfast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. They have a grapefruit on there, and it's like, if you eat Frosted Flakes, also have a grapefruit, or Tony the Tiger will drill your mom. <laughs> it's like a whole thing. Also floss your teeth, you sons of bitches. <laughs> no. <laughs> Wait, you're not flossing? When I was a child, no. No, I didn't. You know what? I didn't floss probably until my fucking late 20s. Yeah. <laughs> Who flosses? <laughs> Me, now that I have to pay for my Yeah, schedule. that's the whole thing, isn't it? <laughs> By the way, after this, I'm going to go to the dentist for the first time since my jaw was rearranged. <laughs> so I can't wait to open up my maw and my dentist be like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> Holy shit, your teeth don't touch. Do you know that? I know that. I can't eat currently. Can't wait to hear about it. Oh, boy. Also, wait a minute. Is this my birthday week? Did I forget? Oh, it might be. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. You get a present. It's bad. 
It's about talking about your favorite thing, children's programming. (laughs) Once again, ACT went to the FTC carrying research and petitions with them. The serial companies met them at the hearings armed with a $30 million war chest. Wow. They want to sell to kids. They want to sell that cereal. A lot. Hearings began in Washington, D.C. in March 1979. ACT and the other pro-regulatory organizations brought with them an army of experts. A pediatric cardiologist who outlined how the promotion of unhealthy food was producing, quote, an almost epidemic level of obesity. (laughs) Oops. A professor from the Harvard School of Dental Medicine who was able to prove that there was a solid link between sweetened cereals and tooth decay. Man, remember tooth decay was our biggest problem? (laughs) (laughs) Scholars and psychologists who who were able to demonstrate how children under the age of eight could not distinguish their TV shows from commercial advertisements. A spokesman from the Consumer Union who described how ads for breakfast products such as Cap'n Crunch and Cookie Crisp pushed, quote, a lie that kids should shove candy into their mouths and call it nutrition. Okay, here's the thing, though. (laughs) <laughs> These kids, yeah. they're, they're seeing a commercial. Yeah. They're like, I don't know that this is uh, advertising. It might just be part of my TV show. Yeah. And the commercial's like, eat sugar. Yeah. They don't have money. Okay, this is interesting. This is called the <laughs> nag factor. I actually teach oh, about boy. this. I actually teach about this in my econ class. Um, the buying power of children is incredibly strong. Um, and it goes to, I don't know how it was in your household, but like, Again, my parents would go, we would go on vacation because of us. Mm-hmm. We would eat at restaurants because of us. We would go, you know, go to Old Spaghetti Factory because of us. What we ate for dinner, what kind of car we drove. Like, it was all because of the kids. So this buying power and nag factor during the 1970s and 1980s especially, advertisers said, whoa, 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 we can sell directly to kids. Mm. And that is why in the 90s and also in the 80s, but also now, you have weird ads like, Kids commercials for cars. That's not cars for kids. No, <laughs> no, it's no, kids, kids. kids for cars. No, it's not Carmack for kids either. <laughs> like, like literally, commercials played during like SpongeBob SquarePants about minivans. Yeah, and there was even like an ad that um, it's in the documentary Consuming Kids. I think I mentioned this before. Mm, yeah, like a BP gas ad. Wow. That played during, like, Sesame Street. That's wild. It's also an idea of brand loyalty. Yeah. If you get your kids hooked and seeing these logos at a young age, they're more likely to buy it in the future. Mm. Um, so, yeah, they can't – they don't have physical money. Well, some kids do now. Yeah. But it's – TikTok the, stars. Yeah. <laughs> Just those TikToks. But it's the nag factor and the buying power. That they okay. Have. Interesting. Yeah. Does interesting. that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't like it. No, I don't like it. <laughs> you just, hey, Al, you just stepped into my Econ 12 class. Oh, no. Where's your homework? I didn't take Econ in school. <laughs> well, don't. It was useless. Okay, good. I do teach my kids, A, how to do taxes, B, what what taxes are for, C, how to get away with, you know, skipping <laughs> Tax <taxes>. fraud. <laughs> Uh, the consumer union spokesman also said that, quote, the issue is American business is trying to con four and five-year-olds. The abuse of young children in the marketplace has never existed in such a degree as it does today. You know, if parents didn't want four and five-year-olds to be conned, maybe they shouldn't have joined the free market. (laughs) 
Oh my god, are you a representative of Kellogg's from 1979? <laughs> yeah. Is that what's happening? Was that the other thing? Like, because Kellogg's actually argued, well, kids don't have money. That's exactly well, what it- <laughs> Can I tell you their other arguments? Yes, They're please. They're great. The arguments from the serial companies included Arthur R. Schultz, a group vice president at General Mills, uh, who did admit that sugars could be harmful for teeth, but, quote, we have studies, he said, that show other carbohydrates stick to teeth, such as bread, <laughs> and maybe are more likely to cause cavities. Baby girl, there is sugar in bread. <laughs> sugar in everything. <laughs> Uh, a representative from Kellogg said that 95% of their commercials actually promoted good health because they showed the cereal being eaten with milk. <laughs> milk is good? Milk is good and <laughs> contains no sugar. <laughs> but the real villain of the hearings was the vice president for scientific affairs for the Grocery Manufacturers Association, who claimed that, quote, government diet commissaires, <laughs> sorry, are aiming to impose a new national diet. Based upon the personal taste of fears of a few individuals who wanted to pan fruits, vegetables, and dairy products because they believe that there is no relevant difference between natural sugars and sugars added to manufacturing. It's federalism out of control. The nanny state. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, hey, if you want to ban Frosted Flakes, you got to ban apples, too. Because it's the same thing. Wait, what? Oh, boy. Friend. The cereal industry was obviously taking wild swings in order to at least rustle up some fears of overregulation. But at least by the end of the hearings, it seemed though as though ACT may finally be able to get a big win under their belt. And by the way, at this point in terms of public opinion, uh, 1979, people were for regulation for oh, uh, like wow, they were okay. very, very much. But then 1981. Hit. Oh no, a bad time. That is... Until 19, uh, January 20th, 1981, when Ronald Wilson Reagan was inaugurated as the 40th president of the United States of America. He's here. <laughs> Welcome to the stage. We, you know, we've name dropped him a lot, but I we, thought it was time. Yeah. I thought it was time. Time for old Ronnie Reagan to take center stage. <laughs> he hasn't had enough publicity, frankly. <laughs> One of the first big acts carried out by Reagan was appointing a new head of the FCC, Mark Fowler. Fowler then carried out sweeping deregulations to all the work ACT had put in over the past 13 years. He claimed that the market alone should dictate their own regulations and nothing should stand in the way of a successful economy. Not even kids. Sorry. Wow. It's essentially the same thing that happened with um, the environment when Trump came into office. Yep. (laughs) Exactly the same thing. Exactly the same thing. ACT fought a now increasingly uphill battle, this time against $16 million worth of anti-regulation lobbying. Fowler quickly pushed ACT and their research aside, and then, adding insult to injury, decided to put ACT-approved programming on the shopping block, such as Schoolhouse Rock. No. That was Ronald Reagan. Reagan killed Schoolhouse Rock, by he the way. He killed that bill that yeah. was sitting on the steps of Capitol Hill. He was just a bill. Yeah. Sorry. He's gone now. Conjunction, junction, what's your function? <laughs> Hooking up nouns and... Sorry. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? No, I'm good. Then the advertising floodgates opened. In the 1980s, there was a 300% increase in cartoons that were created with licensed characters. Oh, my God. The pure purpose of which was to sell toys and products to children. Yep, that's my business. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is when it happened, buddy. This is it. This is history. Shows like G.I. Joe's and Transformers were nothing more than 22-minute commercials. Feels about right? Hey, animation industry workers of the world, thank Ronald Reagan for your jobs today. <laughs> no joke, you wouldn't have them without him. Well, you know, there were act in the 1970s did make a lot of progress of, like, what is good children's television. But, like, without this increase in... Oh, yeah. Like, the animation industry in Los Angeles never would have gotten so big that they needed to outsource to Vancouver. Yeah, that's very, very true. Yeah, you're making your gummy bears and your fucking Garfield and friends. Your fucking Barbie. Oh, yeah, Barbie's a show now, isn't she? Oh, she's been a show for a long time. Lots of movies. Boy, oh, boy. Boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, thank Ronnie. (laughs) Serial producers now also had free range to push their sugary products onto children and purchase more popular children's IP to sell even more cereal. Mm -hmm. The early 80s became the age of promotional breakfast cereals. Including Smurfberry Crunch. Smurf, Smurf. I said Snurf. Snurf. Smurfberry Crunch. C-3PO's, which is a really good... Oh my god, yes! <laughs> and cereals themed with Strawberry Shortcake, Pac-Man, Donkey Kong, and Donkey Kong Jr. What? He doesn't need his own cereal! <laughs> he does! They what all do! What about Cranky? <laughs> oh no. Uh, E.T., Gremlins, and of course, Quaker's own Mr. T cereal. <gasps> oh my god! <laughs> this is it. This is it. Mr. T cereal hit the grocery store shelves in 1984, riding the wave of actor slash wrestler Lawrence Tarot's character Mr. T, who had become popular through his roles in Rocky Three, which I didn't connect the two, mm. and of course the A Team. Yeah. In the early 80s, Mr. T was also putting on this new kid-friendly persona. Through his guest appearances appearances on Silver Spoons, Different Strokes, and, of course, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Alvin! <laughs> oh, and Mr. T's there. <laughs> are they, like, solving crimes? I don't know. They're doing music. Is they that, are do- that's their thing. Oh, yeah, they are doing music. Alvin that's and the Chipmunks? I met Mr. T on Alvin and, and the, the Chipmunks. And the Chipettes? Did they solve crimes on the A-Team? On the A-Team? What was yeah. their whole thing? Okay, so here's my recollection of the A-Team. Okay. I believe they were non-vets. Oh. And, and they were doing, like, like not war crimes, per se. Oh, they were, like, a, a special force. Yeah, they were special. They were the A-team. They were the, I don't know what A and they would for. they would do, they get, deal the with a- criminals. The asexual team. That's where the A and A-team stands for. Some people forget that. Some people think it's the ally team. It's not. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, it's the ace team. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were, like, war criminals, but... <laughs> War criminals in as much as any Vietnam vet. Uh, exactly. And then they were out. They had to do secret war criminal stuff and also solve mysteries. I don't know. Okay. So these guys were probably in Cambodia. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, boy. Mr. T cereal was similar to the sweet and oat and corn taste of Captain Crunch. But the cereal pieces were, of course, shaped like the letter T. The cereal was made memorable in a cameo in the 1985 film Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> A moment in product promotion history that has stuck in my brain ever since the moment I was conceived. <laughs> wow. 
You watch that in the womb? No, I did actually, I, I did the calculations. I wanted to see how close it was for my data consumption. It was a couple months off. Oh my God. But close. Do you think the teas um, in Mr. T cereal yeah. are more or less likely to cut the roof of your mouth than the Cap'n Crunch squares? I would, I, they are made to. They have the more po- corners. Have three points. They have That's three true. little daggers, my friend. Actually, I think they would ha- technically have six. Oh, yeah, because they're 3D. Oh, my God. Just scrape against the roof of your mouth. <laughs> Children's advertising became so concerning that by 1988, even Congress was getting a little worried. <laughs> they at least wanted some guidelines that would restrict the direct targeting uh, advertising that was becoming so rampant in children's television. The idea was to limit ads to only 10.5 minutes on the weekends and 12, po- uh, 12 minutes on the weekdays out of a 30-minute program. So that doesn't seem that unreasonable. I guess. (laughs) I mean, lowering it down from like 16 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Children's programming would also have to provide some sort of educational information. A knowing is half the battle edit. And that's why we have those. Oh boy, very special episodes. Very special episodes. Do you remember? Mm. Okay, one of my favorite things growing up. The special... I think it was on just VHS, where it's all the cartoon characters telling you not to do drugs. I've never seen <gasps> that. What? <laughs> okay, it can't be a, f- it cannot be a fever dream. It has to be. I've never seen this. Okay, let me, there's a boy. Yes. And he, I think it's cigarettes, which is weird because cigarettes, not it's drug. drugs. I mean, there's Nick, all, it's pot, know. I think there is pot involved. Okay. But I gotta tell you, the Smurfs. What? Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters, um, 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 Garfield. You guys are trying to tell me these characters you've just named are not blazing 24 <laughs> 7? No, they say no to drugs. How's Garfield eat all that lasagna? <laughs> he microdoses, it's fine. <laughs> I People have to know that th- th- this has to be a thing. Well, I've not seen it. Okay, we're going to have to look it up after. Okay. Because this was. I watched it over and over and over. Because here's the thing. They're all my favorite cartoon characters. And they're telling me all together not to do drugs. Yeah. And I forgot about the drug part, but I was just excited they were all together. Miss Pig, I think the Muppet Babies were there. Oh, my God. They were all there. I was too busy watching Trolls sing-along videos. Oh, boy. <laughs> they did, um, you know, Bermuda, Bahama. I remember. Come yeah. on, pretty I mama. Remember. Yeah. The trolls? Yeah, the trolls. Oh, I didn't know that. They did that. I know the Muppets did that, but I didn't know they did that. Trolls were on it. They were doing sing-alongs. They were going to Bermuda, Bahamas. The 80s was a deep, dark place, (laughs) y'all. It was wild. It was wild. Okay, uh, please tweet at us if you remember that cartoon. The cartoon character is telling you not to do drugs. This I gotta see. I go, boy, oh, boy. Um, The bill to protect kids passed 328 votes to 78 in the House and unanimously in the Senate. Then in November 7th, 1988, exactly 715 days after I was born, Ronald Reagan vetoed it as one of his last acts of president. <laughs> oh, big swings, Ronnie. Yep. Yep. That's and what that's, we call him. That's what happened in the 90s, man. Geriatric <sighs> millennials have been the punching bag of their baby boomer parents, their Gen X counterparts, and their Zoomer protégés in, in the new millennia. But maybe it's because we grew up in an age where capitalism was specifically built to manipulate us. The 80s were a wild west of sugary cereals, promotional tie-ins, brand loyalty, and government deregulation. Ad Creeps was born from Al and I collectively realizing that TV raised us. 
but I am more and more realizing that this phrase does not refer to Sesame Street or Schoolhouse Rock, but a more insidious brand of parenting from the likes of Kellogg's, Coca-Cola, Mattel, and McDonald's. Peggy Charan tried to fight for us, but ultimately, Ronald Reagan won. Rest and piss, you fucking piece of shit. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> suck it! Yes, yeah, suck it. God, this guy. <laughs> Ruined my life. Still haunting us, huh? Yeah. Still just haunting us. Well, you want to see something else that will haunt you? Yes, please. You want to see a Mr. T cereal commercial? Very badly. It's incredible. Let's watch. We'll return after these messages. I know Cool, and Cool's teaming up with a good balanced breakfast. Teaming up with Mr. T cereal. It's getting on the team. The team that knows how cool breakfast can be. You get a crispy corn taste with a touch of brown sugar. Teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T. Golden sweet crispy teas. One bite and you're gonna be eating with the team that's teaming up with Mr. T. It's cool. Teaming up with Mr. T. Welcome back to the show. So we've unlocked the origin of the T pose. <laughs> They sure were doing it. They huh? were doing the T-pose they for sure. They were sure doing it. Why do you explain wow. what you saw? Yeah, I saw an animated cartoon. Um, it's oxymoron. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw an animated commercial for Mr. T cereal. We yeah. got Mr. T. He's animated. Yeah. We got four kids. They're wearing big T's on their T-shirts and they're T-posing. Yeah, they're T-posing. They're like a like Jesus on the cross. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Who also was a big fan, I guess. Yeah. I don't know why else he would look like that in the churches. Goodness me. (laughs) Uh, And um, we're seeing the cereal. It's a little tease. It looks extremely painful to eat. Got some glossy (laughs) milk. Yeah. And uh, Which makes it healthy. The kids are kind of jumping up and throwing each other around. Now, let's describe the kids. Yes. They did do a, um, what I like to call a Captain Planet. Yeah. Where the kids are diverse. They are multicultural. (laughs) One blonde girl, one tall black boy, one short Asian girl, one small boy. (laughs) (laughs) That's me, one small boy. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Just sort of your run of the mill, I guess. Was I just were they trying to make a cartoon? Do you think? Mm. So Mr. T was on TV. Yeah, they're now Quakers using him to sell the cereal. Oh, someone absolutely pitched this cartoon. You think so? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. They're like, hey, if this cereal takes off, we're making a TV show. It was like a more earnest. um, Oh God, Mike Tyson mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) Like OG. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that was a product. This is what Ronald Reagan did to us. He was like, have this. And then I watched it on Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I'm like, this is great. I love this. (laughs) I'm all about it. (laughs) What do you think? Oh, I mean, it's 2021. Yeah. Is Mr. T cool? Did he do anything problematic? I think it's got to be someone comparable to Mr. T where it's like someone who played a character who was like a Gulf War vet. (laughs) And then went on to become, like, a, 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 you know, a secret agent of some kind. Um, okay. (laughs) Let me... Someone I've just made up. Let me, let me, let me, uh, let me toss off, um, let me toss off. Who are you gonna toss off? Me. (laughs) Uh, let me toss out the I drove you here guy. (laughs) Who's that guy? I drove you here. Oh, Billy Eichner. Yeah, let's... let's 
So Billy Eichner is going to play. He Okay, this is my pitch. Okay. Billy Eichner. Yeah. He's everywhere. Yeah. He's funny. The adults know him. The kids know him as well. He's a character of himself. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does he have big nom energy? Who knows? <laughs> so Billy Eichner is playing a character on a yeah. TV show. Yeah. No, he's just himself. It's called the B Team. Oh, the B Team. The bisexual team. Yeah. <laughs> got it. Okay, so we're so a Billy Eichner serial. Okay. Beer, I, I mean, got it. I'm just pitching. If you want to go another direction, this is our penultimate episode. I think I no, I think you're onto it. I okay. think it's Billy and the Bull. Oh wow. To sort of ape his Billy on the Street segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think the commercial has him like running around asking children a bunch of horrible questions. <laughs> yeah. Except they're all about like the the answer to all of the questions is Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> And most of them are about the AIDS genocide. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He's open- Billy Eichner's opening eyes, people. Yeah, children are learning about... <laughs> about the AIDS pandemic. Yeah. Please. They gotta know. They gotta know, because there are people out there, there are conservatives out there on TV mm. saying it won't know thing, and it were. It were. By the way, for the research, I did have to rent a book called Reaganland, and it is a very large book and a lot of pictures in it. Because, you know, Reagan yeah. would have wanted it that way. Um, <laughs> but there, I did open up, and the first one was a flyer, an anti-homosexual flyer. Good God. Like anti- <laughs> that book did a crime against you. I just opened it, and it's like, oh, no, the gays. You're bad. They're taking over your neighborhoods. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I do think in this case Billy Eichner is a good choice Okay. Um, for this. And I do think he is doing a Billy on the Street style statement, getting kids to eat cereal and then asking them brusque questions about the AIDS epidemic. Yeah. And also commercialism. Yeah. And then he's like, then I'm going to sell this cereal. And it is CG animated. Oh. Oh, they'll love that. Uh, and honestly, the, the CG of... Sim of the liquid, the milk splashing into the bowl. Yeah. It cost more than the entire commercial. <laughs> uh, and the shadows. Combined, yeah. The shadows, the lighting, the spec. Oh, boy. The shaders. I'm going to hire you. You're going to show right No. Yep, too bad. No, no, you're no, no. <laughs> and they're going to call you like, hey, Korea wants to know how many shadows on the milk. <laughs> how deep should the, how big should the splash be? So big. <laughs> Like 30% big or? Uh, 50% bigger. Okay. Yeah. Please 50% bigger. Um, okay. And if you could increase the depth of field. <laughs> Alice so tired. <laughs> it's my weekend. I'm so sorry. It's your weekend. I talked about children's TV and Ronald Reagan. I've done a crime. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Oh, but I deserve it. You, it's fine. Well, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, after what you just did to me. Yeah. Well, and uh, at Creeps, you'll find you'll out. You'll find out. You'll find out. So we got Billy and the Bull. It's Billy a, you know, Bull. We got, we're eating the bees. They have su- curved <laughs> serpents. Wait a minute. You can't say that. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Lisa's not eating the C's. That's true. Or the D's. <laughs> wow. Ooh. They're all bad. All the letters Let's are bad. Let's do the BCD cereal. Eating bees, eating C's, eating D's. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Jesus. Billy would want it. Billy would want it that way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we have. I think we have a group of kids that are suitably multicultural. Yeah. There's a, a visibly trans child yeah, also. Yeah. <laughs> Just a lot of Obviously. them. Obviously. Everyone's them. clocking this child. <laughs> you got it. We got to check those boxes. <laughs> He's got to be andro- androgynous. Androgynous. I forgot the word. Because it's not in my vocabulary anymore. <laughs> I don't care. Yep. 
Okay, I like it. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Billy Eichner is the new Mr. T, and I'm sure he'd appreciate being called that. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Do you have a gift for me? I have a wonderful gift for you. Give it to me. So for my phone... My final local ad on this wow. season of the podcast. Wow. I'm going back to my home island. <gasps> on the island. On the island, back to Victoria. Okay. For a commercial, a commercial for a chain that's all over the island. Okay. Uh, oh, and wow. This commercial, as you'll see, spent all of its money on the jingle. Oh, I cannot wait. <laughs> Master? Buns Master. That's funny because it's like about butts. Yeah. That jingle. Yeah. Was a all full the minute. all the money went into that bad boy. Okay, so when you saw Bun Masters ads on TV, it was it just the yeah. logo? Yeah. Was that really? Yeah. So all I saw was the logo and it was Buns Master Bakery and something. What was the other Well, thing? I don't remember now. I don't remember that. Not looking they at had that. a list of Everything they... Bread, rolls, buns. Fruits and vegetables? Yeah. They weren't just masters of the buns. Buns Master was a true delight. Yeah. It was... Um, we had one in, in uh, Courtney, where I'm from. And uh, you could go in there. You could get some uh, macaroon cookies. You get all kinds of cookies. Ooh, shit. You get all kinds of baked goods, bread. Wow. You know, just a good, good bakery. A good bakery for good buns. Mm-hmm. We got four of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Hey, friends, we are going to go on break for the winter season. We're going to go hibernate. Yeah. We're two bears. We just <laughs> ate a lot of buns. Yeah. And now we're going to go back into our dens and sleep, um, as we should sleep forever. Yeah. Um, so that means you have a full month and a bit to send us your local ads. Yes, please. Adcreeps at gmail.com. We will still be checking our gmail yep and we'll be you know tweeting and instagram and bits and bobs so follow us on twitter and instagram at ad creeps yeah though we are taking a break um so we are we have one more episode we Mm -hmm. have al's last episode and then we're taking a break until january 18th but between then and now um maybe we'll drop some other stuff special stuff so make sure you are subscribed Mm -hmm. because or then you'll miss it it's true and guess what? Al and I are very, um, we love to give some gifts. We're very giving. We're very, we're giving, very giving lovers. <laughs> we're very thoughtful lovers. Um, so you might want to subscribe and subscribe to our Twitter and our Instagram to see what's up. Yeah. That's it. Um, okay, I think that's it. That's it for now. Yeah. Until next time, we are signing off. Hey.
Earth weren't my spouse. Rest and piss, you mother. Fuck off forever. Fuck off forever and ever. You're dead, and we're not. Ha ha ha!